Hi everyone, and welcome back to Rob's Funk and Junk, episode four. Um, I'm really enjoying this podcast business, lots of fun. Um, how are you all out there today? Let me just get my uh, mic turned up a little bit here. Um, that's a bit better, yeah. How is everyone? How's your day? How is your evening? How is your afternoon? Um, if you sat in traffic, I hope you hope you're good. Um, how many bags of crisps are sat on your passenger side seat, um, like mine when I'm on a long journey? Um, I have been doing quite a lot of traveling this last week since the last um, episode. I was uh, I was in London all last week rehearsing with the band with Jamiroquai, ready for our show. Uh, what day is it today? Wednesday. So yeah, uh, the show's this coming Friday. Uh, what else happened? Um, I went, I had two gigs. Yeah. I had two gigs with, uh, with, uh, my friends in the, in the Aston band. I went away to Turkey. We had a gig in Turkey on Saturday. No, Sunday. I flew out on Saturday and then had a gig in Turkey on Sunday and then uh, I went over to with them to Italy on Monday and had a gig in Mon- on Monday in Lake Como, which was absolutely stunning and gorgeous and lovely. And uh, yeah, I flew home yesterday. It's it's something something I'm trying to do a bit more now. Whenever I get somewhere, um, is I try and at least uh, take note of where I am. You know. Uh, actually take it in a bit and enjoy, you know, being in, in the place that we're in and sort of take a look around. I didn't get much of a chance to take a look around on, on in Lake Como. I've been there a few times, but this is the first time I actually made myself sit down and just look, take it in, you know. I do get to a, I am sort of getting to a point now, whenever I go, I, I said, I actually, I said this years ago, but whenever I go to a place, I kind of, when I'm getting there, I go, I tell myself, oh, I wonder if this is the last time I'll ever come here. Um, but I do remember saying that like 10 years ago, <laughs> like landing in uh, in America or something. I was like, oh, I wonder if this will be the last time I get to come over here. You never know. You know, one day those uh, those gigs will stop coming in and uh, the travel will, will stop, I guess. Um, but... Uh, yeah, I did sort of take it in. Had an amazing, of course, amazing bowl of pasta and uh, some pizza, which was just killer. Um, not killer for my waistline. I really need to sort that out a bit. But um, yeah, we sort of enjoyed it. It's, I was with a lovely bunch of people and uh, we did have a good laugh. And we got to play some music. But just uh, the travelling... It kind of is, uh, it does, you know, it's a bit of wear and tear on the old body these days. <laughs> um, uh, I don't, you know, I know my wife keeps telling me that, you know, stop complaining, you're not getting old, but your body is, uh, I'm definitely noticing things going on that I never really would have thought about younger, you know, you don't, you don't think about these things, but, you know, I, I, I slipped, um, some discs in my neck just before everything, you know, just before the lockdown, I had two, two slip discs in my neck, which 
that was uh, three years ago now. And uh, I haven't been the same since, really. My my left arm struggles with a few things sometimes. And uh, I suppose any young guitar players, bass players, musicians, anyone out there listening to this is uh, when you're having little aches and pains, perhaps perhaps go and get them checked out, you know, because I didn't get it checked out. And uh, I don't know, I maybe not have been able to avoid it to have avoided it but it really uh it really did stop me in my tracks for a little while trying to get it fixed um which it still isn't fixed and i have to be really careful um maybe that's my reason for you know changing the way my gear you know i'm not lugging lots of heavy gear around anymore but um sitting playing guitar a lot as i do your body I suppose maybe it's not a natural thing for your body to be doing hunched over an instrument, but it's made me really think about it now. I do a lot more stretching now before I play and afterwards and just, you know, trying to when I can remember to be careful. But I've been, uh, uh, oh yeah, the other thing, you know, I mentioned that I'd I'd fallen downstairs. Um, It seems I've broken my hand. (laughs) Um, I went for a checkup after the, the last podcast I did and uh, I had a feel around and it seems there's a hairline fracture in my left hand at the moment. So that's not ideal uh, for when you're playing guitar. I can still play, but it's uh, you definitely know something's going on. Um, so, and I'm not, I haven't been able to pull out of any of the, you know, any of the gigs that I've, I've had. I've still sort of had to, not had to, but I wanted to, you know, do the gigs that I had sort of booked in. I didn't want to let anyone down. So uh, I've carried on gigging, and it just means that I am slathering CBD balm into my hands like it's going out of fashion. Um, and my neck, actually, because uh, that's been playing up a bit, but it just means that I smell like a uh, a footballer's changing room, probably, because it's, you know, that that smell, that is it ralgics, the sort of deep heat sort of thing. Um, but the CBD balm really has been helping me a hell of a lot. Um, so yeah, all you musicians out there do take care, please, to make sure that you're, uh, you're not overdoing it and causing, you know, causing yourself any, uh, any, uh, mischief down the line, you know, one, one of the, I went for some, uh, some therapy, some physical therapy a while back and, uh, they just said that whatever your body's doing, you know, say say you're leaning over a guitar and you're sort of hunched over, you want to sort of almost do the opposite of that and, uh, you know, stretch your arms back and stretch your neck back a bit slowly to do the opposite action of what you're spending most of your time doing. And that does seem to help a bit. But, yeah, just keep keep a watch out and be careful, I think, is, uh, yeah, I'm not a doctor, obviously. Um, but, uh, yeah, having, well, going through it now, um, I would be, uh, yeah, any advice that I can give for those people starting out playing, um, yeah, just watch yourself. Uh, what else has been happening? I went to see, oh yes, uh, went to see the Brothers Landreth last week, um, in London, went to Shepherd's Bush to see. Joey and uh, Joey Landreth, 
And uh, what an amazing gig that was. I don't know if anyone's not, if you haven't heard of the Brothers Landreth, please go and check them out. They are just something else. Um, I'd bought tickets to go and see them. And then um, uh, we listened to them all the time in the house, actually. Uh, the, the previous album, the one that before the one they've just released, I think it's called 87, just a masterpiece. Man, that guy can sing. Well, those guys can sing because they both sing, but um, <clears throat> Joey's got an incredible voice, as does his brother. <clears throat> but um, yeah, we went, I bought some tickets and then um, I think there was a post or something on Instagram and then actually Joey liked to post the mine. Uh, Joey Landris liked to post the mine. We started chatting a bit and he was like, oh man, be great to come, you know, come down. Oh, no, that's what it was. He was asking me about the neural DSP quad cortex, which I was shocked about actually, because he's, he's, you know, he was asking me about, you know, does he think, do I think it could, uh, how, how, you know, how does it sound? How does it feel to play? So I, we had a few messages going backwards and forwards. Um, I don't know whether he could do what he wants to do on it. Cause he's, He's a very much an amp guy, but I think you know maybe maybe uh, I think actually we had a we caught up after the gig and briefly just was like you know I have to think about nowadays when you're doing international travel it's it's, it's a lot more expensive to fly with that stuff now and and uh, anything that can cut down on the costs these days and uh, I suppose and the weight you know carrying a, a massive heavy pedal board around um you know it's the convenience of it and uh so yeah we spoke a little bit about that but what a, a, a really really lovely chap he is really sweet guy uh and they the, the set was just killer and the vocals were amazing um the playing was amazing i took my wife ray came with me she's a big fan um you know i think uh her knees go weak when she hears, hears Joey sing, I think. So, uh, but I don't mind because he's he's very, very good. Um, and then uh, Joey kindly sorted me out some tickets for my kids to go, Ollie and Libby and Leo, who plays guitar with uh, with my son. Um, and we all went down to Shepherd's Bush and it was, it was great. I kind of will always encourage my kids to go and see good live music because I want them to know the difference <laughs> when someone's really good. There was one, uh, there was one song where, uh, Joey and, uh, I think his brother's Dave, I think Dave Landreth, I think that's his name invited on the support artist. Um, I can't remember her name, Mary something. I can't remember. I, please forgive me. Anyone out there listening? But they invited her on stage to sing a song. Um, Joey was just playing guitar and they all stood around one mic and uh, did this three-part harmony thing that was absolutely stunning. The blend of how they sung together was just perfect. Note perfect. Feel perfect. It was really quite special. But I did. I looked at my daughter and she, she uh, who's only, she's only 15, but she pulled a face. She wasn't aware I was watching her, but she pulled a face like, you know, like she just 
tasted a most amazing bit of uh, pasta sauce ever. Um, it was she really did appreciate it. So uh, you know how how good it was, um, which is great. You know because. I know, I know some of the other concerts she's been to, the uh, the musical performances have probably been a little bit uh, assisted by backing tracks and stuff like that. So when she could see the real deal in front of uh, in front of her and hear it, um, that made me feel good that to know that she now knows that people can do that. So yeah, it was a good evening. Um, met up with a good old mate of mine afterwards. Um, and uh, actually, someone I'd love to get on here, a, a mate of mine, Bob Knight, drummer. Um, I'd love to get him on here for a bit of a chat because he's he's got many a story, um, which I am I am thinking of uh, doing that. I, I know I've said it before, and I, I will get to it. Uh, I'm just trying to think who's going to be the first guest. Um, what else has been happening? Uh, I'm going away tomorrow. I'm off to Spain tomorrow uh, to do our one and only gig this year so far with Jamiroquai. Uh, really, really looking forward to that. A little bit nervous, you know, going to be playing in front of quite a few people. Um, but it's all going to be good. And then I'm back uh, to uh, get my head into the to some more music to learn next week. Um and yeah, what else has been happening? A couple of sessions this morning um, for just some uh, uh, kind of disco style um, track I did today. I'm noticing there's a little bit of a resurgence of sort of funk stuff um, in the charts at the moment. You know, soul and funk stuff seems to be coming out. I, 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 I did see a video uh, that Tim Pierce put out recently and he was talking about that and he mentioned the Lizzo track that's out I think it's called what's it called hang on old man searches the internet one second <laughs> oh my god my brain hang on YouTube Lizzo it's the one where uh, where everybody is you know everyone's doing the, the memes things a bit you know uh in a minute, oh, about downtime. God, yeah, wicked track. Um, hang on, can I play it? But yeah, he was talking about the sort of guitar sort of style. I actually have a guitar in my hand. Um, that sort of uh, sort of funky chordal thing. That's not you know, it's not too frantic. It's just kind of uh, sort of that uh, chic esque thing um he was saying about you know tim was saying that it's quite rare to hear that sort of thing but what i think is great is you know he does like like i do you you have to listen to the charts when you're when you're doing sessions you have to listen to what's what's in the charts you know to see what the current trends are of sounds and guitar parts and uh production so you can keep on top of it um yeah it's uh it's a good track actually i really like that um, yeah, I, I decided on this podcast it's, it might be nice to have my guitar in my hand so that I can, uh, if I wanted to play anything, um, I can just show little demonstrations of it. I have got a few questions coming up actually, so I'm gonna maybe it'll come in useful there. I don't know. Um, 
But yeah, the other thing I want to, of course, say is thank you to anyone who's sent questions in so far um, and little emails. I've been getting some nice little emails about the podcast so far. Um, I am, you know, settling into it. Uh, I was kind of uh, freaking out because being away until yesterday, I was like, how am I going to get my podcast done? <laughs> how am I going to get it? When am I going to do it? Um, and I do, I am going to have to try and figure out a way to do it while I'm away. Cause I'm away for a couple of weeks coming up, um, <clears throat> when I'm in Spain teaching. So I'm going to try and get a rig so I can keep these things regular for anyone who does seem to enjoy it. But I will repeat myself again. Um, Anyone who's got any questions, please send emails into robsfunkandjunk at gmail.com and I'll talk them through on here. You know, I'll try my best to answer your questions without waffling too much. Um, no one's accused me of waffling yet. So um, I did find it quite nice. My daughter messaged me. She, she had a, uh, she's got, during the summer holidays, she had a little job. Um, in her mum's office, actually, where she, where her mum works. So uh, she was. She messaged me saying, "I'm listening to your podcast today, Dad." Uh, she said it's quite nice hearing your voice; quite relaxing. So I was like, "Okay, that's quite nice." At least she's not upset that I'm shouting at her or anything like that, which I never do, of course. Um, but yes, uh, we have a oh another thing I can talk about today. If anyone is, uh, if anyone didn't know this. Not only do I play guitar in Jamiroquai, but I have my own little band. Uh, not my own, but it's alongside Paul Turner and Ivan, a guy called Ivan Van Hetten. Paul Turner's the bass player. He's the bass player with Jamiroquai. Um, and my good friend Ivan Van Hetten. We have a band called Trionic, um, which we have had, we've been sort of chipping away at very slowly. Um, We've released a couple of EPs, which are, which can be found in all good uh, s- streaming services. <laughs> all good streaming services. Is there such a thing as that? Uh, but all the main places you would go and listen to your music, you know, Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon, all those places that, yeah, people just bung on in the background and uh, don't think about whether the artist is earning any money or not. Um, but we uh, we have that. Uh, we have a new release coming out on the 9th, uh, which is this coming Friday, uh, a song called Elbow Grind. We've got, you know, another little P- EP in the bag. So uh, this is stuff we worked on, and we did it kind of over the lockdown period, and we're only just getting around to releasing it now, um, just because it's been quite hard to get us all together and... Uh, and sort it out. Um, but that's a song called Elbow, Elbow Grind coming out on Friday. So please go and check it out. It's Trionic, uh, spelt T-R-I-O-N-I-Q. And uh, hopefully, you know, you'll enjoy the music. Nice little intro riff on the track, actually. I wrote this thing in lockdown and just, we recorded it all remotely. Um, Ivan did his parts at home. Paul did his parts at home and we had an amazing drummer friend of mine, Ryan Aston, um, come, well, did his drums at home as well and, uh, did a great job. So yeah, the, the opening riff is, goes like this. Uh, 
up with a little riff like that and uh put it down i think i was you know w- woke up in the morning heard it run straight out to my studio this is at my old house and just recorded it and then just built it from there but the idea behind trionic we when we got together was and this is it just seems to be how we work we come up we, we don't really overthink things we come up with a little idea and the main point of it is we get in a room, we jam around a bit, press record, and whatever we get in the first or second take, that's what we stick with. We don't overproduce anything. We don't overdub too much. Um, we're not, you know, there's not loads of guitar parts. You know, there's not loads of keyboard parts. Ivan plays probably a couple of, you know, a couple of keyboard parts using different keys. And he also plays trumpet. So, you know, there might be some horn arrangements on some of the tracks. And yeah, the idea is kind of to do things like you used to hear bands like the Crusaders doing it or the Meters or yeah, have a band in a room. Don't overthink it. Have some fun, make some music, put it out. You know, uh, we haven't so far gone for doing full albums with a concept all the way through. It tends to be just whatever we feel like at the time. But um, yeah, hopefully, you know, if you've not heard of it, go and check us out. Uh, shameless plug. Um, and maybe we can uh, buy ourselves a coffee each <laughs> with the proceeds that we earn. I did, uh, I did, I, I was looking at my, um, I released sort of earlier this year. Was it this year or last year? End of last year, I think it was. I released some music. Um, Excuse me, I'm taking deep breaths. I think I'm a bit asthmatic at the moment. So if I'm if I sound like I'm gasping for 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 air, I'm a bit asthmatic. So please bear with me. Um, but yeah, we I released some music last year, just because I'd never released anything off my own back before, never anything with my own name to it. So I released a couple of tracks. Uh, one was a song called More Lemon Juice, and another one was called Herbie Strut, and I put them out. Uh, using DistroKid. And uh, let me have a look. Let me log in and, and have a look. Because I was a bit, I, I kind of was looking at how, how much uh, I potentially earned from streaming. Um, Where is the song? More Lemon Juice. Hang on. Stats. Here we go. Uh, is that it? Splits. Oh, Bank. That's what it was. So the stats are for for more lemon juice is the most successful track. Uh, hang on, all albums track. Rob Harris, hang on. display. So I've had on the track the last the last year. The last 365 days, I've had 83,720 plays, which isn't a lot. It's not massive, um, but 83,720, quite a lot of quite, quite a lot of plays um, for my first release. But I, um, I, I was looking at how much, and bear in mind, I'm the kind of sole artist. Um, 
I self-produced. Um, I have earned $195 (laughs) for that that many plays. Um, and I guess actually, you know what? It's good. It is good. It's not all I'm kind of, kind of going, I can see why, uh, the royalty rate is just, I can see a bit, you know, sorry, I'm, I'm getting stuck on my words. That's just me. I'm the, I'm the person that gets the income from that. Um, now if I was signed to a record label, a record label would probably be taking, depending on what the deal is up to 80% of that for, um, for themselves. And yeah, that's, uh, yeah, it's quite unusual, quite, quite amazing really. Uh, and that is for just the two tracks. Oh, hang on. How many songs have I got on there through distro kid? I, I, I'm not, I'm not moaning about it. I'm not saying I'm moan, moaning. I'm just going, okay, that's interesting. Um, yeah, it's an interesting thing to, to be able to look at and see how it all works. Not moaning, just pointing it out, just being aware, uh, waffling. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know if anyone's got any thoughts on that, on the industry in that way, but yeah, I'd love to hear your thoughts and, uh, drop some, an email, Talking of which, what have I got here? I have some emails in the uh, Rob's Funk and Junk folder. Um, well, uh, there's a, a few that I've missed out on, actually. I've had a few uh, a few emails in that I've probably missed out from the last previous weeks. C- couldn't read them all out. Uh, this is from Lorne Reed. Hi, Lorne. Thanks for your email. Thanks, man. Uh, excellent news. You have decided to start seven, oh, seven minutes in listening to probably turned it off at eight minutes in <laughs> or fell asleep. Uh, sorry about, to, sorry to hear about the fall. First question, how does your new green room meaning my studio differ from previous studios, uh, iterations? Well, this one I spent, uh, is a much larger room than I've ever had before. Actually. Uh, it is, I'll try and, you know, in future, I'll do a podcast where I'll, I'll uh, I'm going to video a podcast as well, and I'll put it up on my YouTube channel. So I'll do a little bit of a walk around and show you around the studio. But it is it's larger. It's a, it is a converted garage, um, but it's an older house, so the garage is slightly larger than normal. Um, it is. I spent some money getting some acoustic treatment done. I had someone come in and measure up the room and put loads of paneling all over the place. And it is brilliant. It sounds brilliant. It was a little bit long winded getting it done. I must admit there was a few, uh, few bits where I was like, you know what, this is, I'm paying a lot of money for this and it's, it could be, uh, it could be better, but it's, it does sound great. The end result has been really good. So I'm really pleased with it. Um, so yeah, it's just my previous studios, I, uh, it were very, very messy. So I'm, I'm determined to keep this place tidy. I've got a lot of outboard stuff that is sitting here, not being used. And, uh, I suppose with the current, um, energy crisis, uh, it probably would be best off not being turned on. <laughs> Only when I, I used to leave everything on all the time, but now I'm going to be careful what I leave switched on and, uh, what I, when I turn off, I do tend to leave my computer on all the time 
and the interface on all the time. But otherwise, I switch everything off now anyway. Just, you know, the way the stuff works is with uh, using the interface that I use, the Apollo interface. It, I don't, I'm just using the plugins most of the time because they sound so good. So I, I don't necessarily need all my hardware preamps and compressors switched on all the time. So yeah, it's a very streamlined system. Um, I have all my amps here. It's just, you know, um, it just works. Really happy with it. Uh, so thanks for that, Lorne. Uh, Luca, Luca Straker. Where are you from, Luca? Oh, from Slovenia, it says here. Um, fan guitarist from Slovenia, playing with a local big name. Does that mean it's a name with lots of letters in it or is a big, big artist? <laughs> Sorry, I'm, I'm being a dick. Sorry. Uh, Lucas says, hello, Rob. Just wanted to say hello and congratulate on your new podcast. Thank you very much. Great start. I'm sure, I'm sure I'll stick around. Well, I hope so. Um, be fun if you go through your rig revolution in Jamiroquai from pedalboard and divided by 13 amps through to Kemper to quad cortex. Pros and cons of each rig are using effects loop, i.e. using delays and reverbs after the amp, etc. Uh, I did talk about this a little bit on the last... Uh, the other thing I'd like to know, is there any f- plans for Jamiroquai album tour, etc.? Okay. So uh, I have talked about it a bit. Um, when I first joined the band, I had a big rig. I had two Hughes & Kettner Triamps that I used, um, which were great. I get bored, actually. I get bored with stuff. I like to try new things out. <clears throat> Excuse me. I like to try new things out all the time. But the necessity now is um, I like to travel light. I I did speak about this last week, actually, on the last podcast, that I do think the modelling for the way you work on a big stage, in my opinion, is better um, for a support, for a sideman gig. Unless, you know, I, I work with an artist... Jay doesn't particularly like a loud stage. We're not allowed to crank up very loud. It's not a loud stage. The drums are behind a screen. All the keyboards are DI. The whole band's on in-ears. Um, and Jay would, you know, I don't mind saying this, Jay would walk up to my amps and Paul's amps, bass amps, and turn them down while we're playing, which is kind of frustrating because when you have a valve amp, you need your amp turned up. So, um he doesn't like a loud stage. So I thought that, and obviously turning down a valve amp, it gets starved of, of the, the, the power amps that are starved. Power amp valves are starved. So you can't really get the tone that you're after sometimes. So I just thought, remove this problem, um, keep the volume down on stage and, and use modeling. And it, I don't care what anyone says, in my opinion, you know, I know people, yeah, of course I'd love my amps cranked up on stage, but it's just not, it's just not viable for, for the to- sort of tours we're doing, you know, traveling around with really heavy amps. It just, the modeling kind of just works for the, for this gig in particular. It just does the job. It's, it's a, it's a very stable thing. It sounds consistent from gig to gig. The front of house gets a consistent sound. Um, 
in rehearsals the other day. I've been using the quad cortex. The camper's still great as well. And I must, you know, I'll say it again. Of course, I'd prefer to have my amps cranked up and have the time to get the tone that I want night after night. That'd be great. But it just doesn't work like that. When you're touring, you can't devote all that time to a guitar sound when you're not the main artist. You know, I, I'm sure Robin Ford gets to to go around and do all that stuff and have the amps that he wants. Mind you, he hires his amps in as well. But you just can't travel like that anymore without spending lots and lots of money. So that's why modeling, especially on gigs within ears, is the way forward for me. I understand other people who don't want to do that. You know, back in the day, this there was all those rumors. You know, you, you have a couple, you know, you see a band on stage with four stacks behind them, four, you know, Marshall stacks. But behind them is a little deluxe mic'd up. It's whatever sounds best for the audience, you know. And and I don't particularly want to be stood in front of a huge, really raging guitar rig night after night. It's not it's not good for your hearing. Yeah, I get it. If you're in a small club and you want to use a small amp, totally, that's what I'd want to do as well. But I don't do those types of gigs with modeling, you know. The gigs I did the other day, I took my quad cortex, I put it on put it on the stage. I, the sound guy gives me two XLRs, left and right, goes straight to front of the house. There's no speakers on stage. That's the way the gig is. You have to, doing the job that we do, you have to play to what the gig is. Um, so I would say that things like the quad and the XFX, the Fractal and the, the uh, Line 6 Helix, the Kemper, they are amazing uh, for those types of jobs. And it, I guess it's choose your own, choose your own, your own type of spice. Depends what you want, which one you prefer. I think if you know what you, if you know the sounds you want to get out of a real amp, you can get it out of these things, um, out of these modelers. Because you, and don't forget, it's going to a digital desk anyway. So all the valves in the world and microphones and ribbons and all that stuff. They are going down the pipeline to a digital desk. It's all ones and zeros anyway. If I'm wrong, tell me I'm wrong. If I if I misunderstand it, then you know. If I'm if I sound like a uh, a bell end that doesn't know what he's talking about, but this is just how I feel about it. So uh, I don't want to cause any sort of huge arguments. And uh, you're wrong and modelling shit and all that. I don't I don't really care. But that's. Why I sound, I sound like I'm arguing with someone. I'm just arguing with myself. But I do see the comments and, um, you know, I'll post things up on on Facebook or, or Instagram and you see comments coming back and, you know, I'm only, I'm only sort of dealing with it in the world that I live in um, and how I have to do gigs. So this works for me uh, and that's why I'm, that's why I'm doing it. You know, I've seen quite a few people doing it recently, actually. Matthias Asato, he's, he has now started, you know, I, I think when he was out with um, Jesse J or whoever he's, who he's playing, and he's fucking amazing. What a great guitar player. But he's using Quad Cortex now. Um, and, yeah, there's things that aren't great with it, but there's a whole lot that that is great with it. You know, uh, I did hear someone say, oh, well, it's not really stable for touring. And you go, well, neither's a 
leaders of martial martial head. You know that the, these things go wrong all the time. You know they get shaken about in transit. Uh, they get shaken about in the back of your car. So, you know, it's uh, it's just how I'm using it. Sorry for that rant. If it was a rant, but it's just um, I'm in that kind of mood today. Uh, I'm all right. What else have I got here? Uh, Russell Freeman. Quite a long message. Uh, hey, Rob. Really enjoying the mess- the episode so far. First, you want to pass on my condolences recently. Oh, thank you very much. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, I'm, that's uh, hitting me hard at the moment. Uh, yeah. I'm, yeah. Anyway. I <laughs> um, uh, enjoyed the section uh, in episode three around your thoughts on amp modelers versus real amps and your experience with uses, cases, and scenarios. My scenario is vastly different as I don't gig too often and I have my tubes amps out, tube amps at our rehearsal space. So at home, I use a combination of small practice amps and neural DSP plugins for home recording. Have been blown away with these. Then my diesel or boogie at practice gigs. Anyway, cool. Whatever you, what, it's horses for courses. Whatever you want to do is all good. A couple of questions that might be interesting topics. Tangents. Oh, I do like a tangent. Uh, you mentioned session work a lot. I wonder how this had changed through the pandemic. Is a lot less uh, of it in person. And how does this work? Uh, God, I'm gasping. My, my, I, I think I might need an inhaler. <laughs> Sorry about this. I'm not doing heavy breathing down the phone or anything like that. Um, is a lot less in person. And how does this work? If so, also, if that is the case, do you miss being in a room with other musicians for those sessions to bounce ideas and jam out parts? Um, yes. Uh, I have been doing remote sessions way before the pandemic. Um, it is, it is, it's just become the way things are done. Um, yeah, it, it's it took you know it, it took me a minute to get into it because you when when you're used to being in a room with people you get the response quickly from from who who you're working with or you can feed off other musicians. It does mean you have to play in a different way because you're not what anything you play it 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 can't affect the feel too much. You know, you don't get that interaction when you're sitting with a drummer and a bass player and you can decide, you can happily fall into a feel together for a track. But what it, so you have to think of it differently. Um, but you you have to think of it the same way as if you were going into overdub something. So there's there's one mindset to, to, that changes. Um I had to get used to the way, the thing of not hearing a response. You'd send off your files after the session and you might never hear anything back. You don't get the, you don't get the person, you don't always get the artist or the producer going, oh, that was amazing. Or that was shit. Or, you know, can you try this again? Uh, you No, actually, let me rephrase that. You will only sometimes hear back if they're not happy with it. If they're happy with it, they don't really have time to come back and say, that was great. All they'll say quite often is, send your invoice in, you know. Um, And I learned to let go of that thing, let go of that bit of uh, hearing back 
whether they liked it or not. And that allowed me to move on. You know, I stopped second guessing. I, I got rid of that fear of, oh, what if they don't like it? So I just do it. I, I get as much of it information as I can before I start. What are you after? Are there any references you're listening to? Anything on the guitar sounds? Sometimes you get, you get, uh, you get, you get that. Um, sometimes you get nothing. Um, I'll tell you about another session I did recently, which was hilarious. But sometimes you uh, you get a load of info, and sometimes you get nothing. But you just have to dive in. Start putting something down. Put an idea down. Add another idea. Sometimes I will give three treatments of a song. Sometimes I just do one guitar part. It depend. It all depends on what the song needs, and then you send it away, and um, you either hear back or you don't hear back. You know, the only time. Sometimes the only way you know you did a good job is when they contact you again and go, "Can you do some more?" So, um, I've just got used to doing that, and yeah, you 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 sort of just have to rethink how you feel about it. Being in a room is great, but I'd say um, with other players is great. But I'd say uh, that happens a lot less these days than it used to. Um, so I I kind of have got over that a little bit. I, I You know, I, I, I was doing this way before the pandemic started. You know, I do most of my, 99% of my sessions are at home nowadays. Nowadays, you've got Zoom, so you can have a really good conversation. You can even be on Zoom while you're doing the session and they can hear it in real time, what you're doing and give you a few pointers that I don't get that a lot either, actually, but yeah, you just, you just sort of roll your sleeves up and get on with it. I suppose it's gone this way now because two things, music doesn't make as much as it used to make. So you can't afford to be in a room, you know, you can't afford to be in a room with, you know, that's costing a couple of thousand pounds a day. Then the musicians cost whatever they cost. Um, it just doesn't work like that anymore. The, the budgets aren't the same. So you have to learn how to do it yourself and engineer and, and, and communicate. Communication is the key in doing remote sessions. Don't ask. Ask just the right amount of questions, but don't ask too many that you, you become a pain in the ass. You know, show the artist or the producer that you're confident you can help them with what they need. Um, I usually do it on a way, on a basis that they get one recall. You know, if you, you can't, you know, quite often I'm moving on to another session the next day. So you get a recall. Uh, it depends. You have to weigh it up session by session. But anyway, but yeah, that's a good question. Um, I hope that's helped you. Uh, what else did you say here? Uh, secondly, most guitarists love guitars and guitar gear. I wonder if there's ever a guitar or piece of equipment that you didn't or couldn't purchase that you still lust after. Mine was a Tokai SG. Tokai is a great. Uh, they came into a guitar shop I worked in when I left school. I was only priced at 180, but the shop had me on youth training scheme, so I was only getting paid 40 a week, so just couldn't afford it. Um, I don't, to be honest, I don't lust after guitars anymore. I, I, uh, I kind of get what I need. I love guitars, but I have expensive guitars and cheap guitars. I, I kind of get things that can do a job, have a sound. Um, um, 
yeah, I lust after amps a bit. You know, I like the sound of older amps, some older Fenders. I'd like to get hold of a nice old deluxe reverb. I've got a reissued, uh, a, re- a custom deluxe reverb, but I would love to get hold of some old, a collection of old, uh, old amps. They're, they're really valuable to me. Having different things, different guitars, different amps, that's valuable to me. Um, I do tend to have my guitars, so, you know, I don't have my guitars all set up so they feel the same either. Um, I've got four strats here and they all play completely differently and I use them because they play differently because they make me play differently when I'm using them and they sound different. So, um, but no, I don't really lust after stuff. Uh, yeah, I don't, I, I don't sort of, uh, the last guitar I lusted after was the Fiore. I did a demo for the PRS Fiore, um, for for PRS, I did a demo video for it um, for the Mark Mark Lissieri guitar, and I really liked the guitar. It was a really nice instrument to play, and I immediately was immediately was going, oh, actually, this would cover this and this. I can use it on these types of gigs, these types of sessions. Whenever I'm doing a fly gig now, I take that. I take the uh, the uh, Fury. It's just you know, it's a it's a humbucker, two single coils. It does the job. It fits into the funk thing, but when I when I kick on some dirt, I can use the humbucker. It's a great, great instrument. Yeah, I'm really, uh, really pleased with that. So, uh, what else have I got here? Uh, Mark Garza. I want, this will be the last one because I'm ranting on, ranting on. Um, good day, Mark. How are you? Um, thanks for your message. It says here, hello there from the southern tip of Texas, USA. Been a big fan of your playing for years and really enjoying the new podcast. Thanks for sharing with us. You are absolutely welcome. Hope you're okay over there. Um, I've never been to Texas. I'd love to go to Texas. I'd love to, yeah. Um, Gear-wise, was there ever a budget piece of gear that pleasantly surprised you? And do you feel expensive gear is always the best choice? Um, My main guitar... I haven't played it for a while, actually, and I, you know, this is just something I, I feel. If my house is burning down and I could only grab one guitar, uh, that of course, after my wife and dogs were safe and uh, safe and away from the from danger, <laughs> it would be my Japanese vintage Squire, which uh, I don't know if you've ever heard come across the JV Squires. They were. I think they they came out in the early, very early eighties, and from what I gather, they were put together in Japan. They were sort of, I don't know if this is correct. Please correct me if I'm wrong. Probably am. Quite often I am, but they were put together um, out of rejected Fender parts. Um, sent them over to Japan, and they put these guitars together, and they were brilliant. They were really good. So my one that I have here cost me about 140 pounds. I know now that they go for over a grand because these guitars are really good. Um, so if you get to find one of those, grab it. It's a really good guitar. Um, I copped onto them. I heard about them because my one of my early guitar heroes was um, a guy called Alan Murphy. And he this was when I was like 13, 14. I'll go into that in a, in a later podcast, but I'll, I can talk about Alan Murphy for days. Um, but he used to play a JV Squire Strat. Um, so I think that's what made me go, oh, I'll try one out. And then 
one came up in a local music shop and I bought it for 140 quid and I've had it ever since. Um, it has now, uh, it's got a new neck on it cause the neck died. Um, and it has different pickups, but I have played other JVs and they're brilliant guitars. So if you ever find one, grab it, um, and sell it to me for 140 pounds. That'd be really nice, please. That'd be great. Um, also, Mark also says, also, I'm curious, how do you feel with the post gig come down? Do you find it easy to turn off after a massive gig, a massive high on a large gig? Um, yeah, we, uh, what do I do? My wife's looking at me like I'm mad. She's looking at me through the studio window. She's popping in. Hi. Hi. You're right. Welcome to my wife, Rachel. Hello. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think I've ever been introduced. In that way before. Well, you haven't. Welcome to my Welcome wife, Rachel. Welcome to my wife. <laughs> Welcome to my wife, Rachel. Did I not say that right? Hi, everyone. <laughs> She's the uh, engine room behind my brain. <laughs> she keeps me on track and keeps me focused constantly and uh, frazzled. constantly frazzled. <laughs> my, Ray, I, I don't know whether I've discussed this, but Ray is, uh, she is. <laughs> what am I going to say? <laughs> She's the person that helps me, uh, guide me along and Aww. and uh, keeps me on the straight and narrow. Likewise, my dog. Along with the three dogs that we have. Yes. She's yeah. dog mad. She's She yes. talks about dogs like most guitar players <laughs> talk about guitars. Yes, she, absolutely. She is, uh, yeah, she lives for dogs basically. Yeah, I don't think I um I don't think I perv over Can you dogs. come can you come a yeah. bit closer to the mic? I don't think I perv over dogs as much as guitarists perv over. Well, their that would guitars. be weird. That well, would be I, very strange. I don't perv over guitars though. I guess. You I do don't... perv over dogs. You I do. Over, I perv over dog merch. Dog merch. Yeah. She's into dog paraphernalia. Like, yeah. Bowls and <laughs> harnesses. That's she weird. She does. That's weird. She does. She buys I swear there's not a day that doesn't go past where something isn't delivered by Amazon for the dogs. Is that correct? I'm a little bit obsessed. She is very obsessed. I love all that. If it was guitar pedals, I would have to move house. The amount of stuff that comes in. (laughs) We should do a like for like. Every time we just, we'd be broke. Every time we bought some dog stuff, I'd buy a pedal as well. Yeah. But I wouldn't have time to use all do those pedals. Do a review on each. A review on each. In fact, I should do a review on a pedal and you should do a review on <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. That would be weird. But, yeah, so she she is, uh, yeah, she's dog mad. And you can, you'll always hear the dogs barking in the background of the podcast. They yeah. always make an appearance. They certainly do. How are you doing? You all right? Yeah, all right. I'm very pleased. I've just got Kenny to eat out of a, an actual bowl. Ooh. Yeah. When did that bowl arrive, darling? <laughs> I actually got that bowl from the charity shop. Ah, yeah, charity I'm shop all bowl. I'm all about charity shops. I know so. she is about charity shops. I love a charity shop. I know you do. You got me from a charity shop. <laughs> you are second hand. <laughs> <laughs> that is kind of true. That is kind a bit of weird, true. but true. <laughs> but um, yeah, we've been having. We got Kenny, our rescue dog. Um, when did we get him? Uh, March. March this year. So he's been a bit. Been a bit troubled, he's bless had him. He's had a, a bit of a tough early life, so uh, he's now living like the, the Sultan of Brunei <laughs> with the amount of food he gets and prepared lovingly by my wife, Rachel. And well, uh, Yeah, he's got expensive taste. He fucking does. <laughs> Honestly, the other two dogs are looking at him like, 
if he was in prison, he would be he'd get shanked the second day <laughs> with the the special treatment he gets by the other two dogs. We have to wa- watch him like a prison forecourt. Is it courtyard? <laughs> yeah, yeah. He would he wouldn't last two seconds if he was in prison. But then they're happy because they get nice little tidbits as well. Now, they so. do. Um, they're, they're they're all right. They're, they're all right. Okay. We'll have to get you another mic, darling. We'll have to we'll have to buy you a mic so you can come and sit in and we can waffle. <laughs> <laughs> what what like, time is it? What like our most most of our evenings? Most of our evenings. Do you it, want a glass of wine? I, I I will. I'm going to do some exercise and then I'll oh, have some gonna, wine. Okay. But it's five yeah, o'clock and I'm looking, going, oh, glass of wine would be nice. <laughs> Well, uh, they say it's five o'clock in the world somewhere. It it's always five is. o'clock here, people. In lockdown, <laughs> what was it like in lockdown? It was like a, a permanent summer holiday, <laughs> and I know that wasn't it wasn't because there no. was that always that worry and we, stuff. But we did kind of make the most of what we did. We, it was a bit crazy. Yeah. It would be we would we would have a gin and tonic. It was really hot. You'd be working in the garden and I'd be working in the studio because I was doing some stuff in the studio and mm. you go, do you fancy a gin and tonic? <laughs> and there was the she shed as well. And it, you made a she shed and uh, you used to play Cuban music. the Cuban music all That's after. It. Who, what was the band? Um... Oh, no, we, we, uh, we, it was Buena Vista Social Club. Bu- that was on Vista constantly. Club, constantly. We, we were living in, in Havana. <laughs> it felt like we were in Havana for... for uh, yeah. We were shut out of the rest of the world. We were basically trying to trying to sort of uh, dull all the, you know, yeah, all the worry, blank we out all the worry and stress. Drink in, through it. Drink, drink through, through, it. through it. Probably wasn't very good. Definitely wasn't good for my waistline. But it was. Well, uh, it wasn't good for my waistline. It was. Either. We got through it. But um, you did. well, I'm going to let you carry on and um, see ya. I'm going to go for a brisk walk. I think. Are you going to go for a walk? Yes. Without a dog or with a dog? Um, I'm going without a dog because they've just eaten. So. Okay. Well, anyway, I'm going to finish up here. It's been lovely. It's been lovely. Hi, everyone. Thank you for tuning into his podcast. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She's got her own, Ray's got her own podcast. Anyone oh. anyone who's into dogs, um, Ray has a podcast called The Dog Heroes. Helping Hands for Hounds. Helping Hands. I didn't hands. come in here to plug that one. You did. You fucking did. <laughs> Gratuitous You did. Plug. You're, you're trying to steal some of my <laughs> listeners. <laughs> If I've got any listeners, oh, I think I've got listeners. But anyone who's into dogs, listen to Ray's podcast with her friends, Emily and Emma. Yeah, basically, really. it's three women getting pissed talking about dogs, basically. <laughs> That's that what they're doing. <laughs> but um, you, there's some great information about dogs, if you like yeah. dogs. It is, yeah. Or humans, because they're all humans, humans yeah, and absolutely. they're quite nice as well. So, yep. Anyway, cool. I'm going to love you and leave. I'll see you in a bit. Need a wee. See you nice. Later. <laughs> Lovely to meet you. I everyone. need a wee. <laughs> Ladies and gents, my wife. <laughs> I need a wee. Um, so, hang on, where was I? Sorry, Mark, I got sidetracked by my missus. Uh, what was your question again? Uh, post-gig come down. Uh, do you know what? I, I never really had that problem. I just did the gig. I was never that rock and roll. I don't, you know, I did the gig. It's, uh, yeah, I don't know. Just hanging out, you know. We we used to go out back in the day. The the band we we'd go out, we'd go out, <laughs> hit a club or a bar straight away after the gig. But nowadays it's a lot less rock and roll. We we usually sort of get back to the hotel, sit in the bar, have a glass of wine, and go to bed if that's our choice of drink. But um, yeah, it's uh, it's not all it was back when we we were younger. Uh, then again, at the end, it says, uh, Mark says, thanks again for sharing with us. 
I happily follow your social media. Yes, thank you very much. YouTube podcast. Keep us the fa- keep up with the fantastic work. Have a wonderful day. You too, Marco Gaza. Thanks a lot, man. Um, right, I have prattled on more than enough. Where am I now? Bloody hell, nearly an hour. Um, but thank you all for listening. Uh, I will keep doing these as long as people are listening. And um, I hope you have a lovely, lovely day and a lovely week. And I'll be back next week. Um, maybe with a guest, if I can get one in there. Um, will it be a guitar player? Will it be a bass player? Will it be a drummer? I don't know yet. Um, I, actually, Ray was just my first guest. My wife was just my first guest. So, um, yeah, thanks for listening. Um, and yeah, if you've got any questions, drop me a line and I will hopefully help you out. Bye.